1: In the squadron, they called him Bullets,
2: but we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on On the the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. So you guys really do play a rerun if I'm 10 seconds late? All right, let's not do that anymore. (laughs) Just, Just grab Curtis. (laughs) <laughs> just uh what do we want them to think that it that that old news is new news it's not new news all right anyway uh my fault uh actually it's uh it's the traffic it is and uh, i almost got hit i almost got hit like Curtis Sliwa got hit came very very close out there anyway here i am good stuff good stuff. good to be here and uh, uh where are we well Donald Trump is still my man, will be my man. I want him. I don't care what they say. He did so much for this country. They tried to sabotage him. They tried to sabotage America to get him. And quite frankly, he deserves our support. I am not jumping on any other silly bandwagon, especially not that Ron DeSantis. Oh, boy, enough. I saw him, so many of these guys. Every single career politician who wants to be president showed up in Las Vegas this past weekend. They all stank for different reasons, stunk, stank. They were so bad. You know, Nikki Haley was probably possibly the worst in that, you know, first of all, it's all this girl power stuff. And, you know, they told me I couldn't do it, so I showed them, oh, yes, sir, Bob. And I, I said, I am gonna be the governor. I am gonna run for office. And I, I've never lost an election. Yeah, well you've been in South Carolina. Easy does it. Easy does it, all right? I mean South Carolina is great, but it's South Carolina. And oh by the way, who gave you the who gave you the the opportunity of a lifetime where you could actually say you're interested in running for president with a straight face? Donald Trump. You know, making the governor of South Carolina, who, by the way, endorsed Rubio and said vicious things about Trump, tells you what a big heart Donald Trump has, actually. He made Nikki Haley the ambassador to the United Nations, a huge, huge opportunity for, let's face it, a hick. I love South Carolina. I love the South. I lived in North Carolina, Mississippi. uh, Where the hell else was I? Uh, North Carolina, Virginia, Arizona. I know from the sticks. And quite frankly, I like it out there. Oh, boy, easy to live. Everything's cheap. Um, Hardly any traffic. It's great. But I had no illusions about where I was. It was the sticks. And what's her name? Nikki Haley comes from the sticks. And there she is uh, touting her experience at the United Nations. Yeah, we made her U.N. ambassador. Trump did. And what did... She do. She was a big leaker. She left early. She did. She had to resign. Not exactly clear why, but she was a big leaker for one. Wanted to distance herself from Trump. And then, you know, she's been like everybody else, the fake news. Oh, January 6th. uh, We need to move on. Um, No, I am not going to give the left that victory. Absolutely not. They have lied and deceived and weaponized. Weaponized the Department of Justice, weaponized the military, weaponized everything against Trump, and we have these—is "rhino" the right word? Traitor? I don't know. But they're career politicians acting like career politicians. I guess I shouldn't be—I shouldn't be surprised that Nikki Haley, who is—yes, yeah, that's right—all she does is run for election. What do you do? How do you become a? How do you become a state senator? How do you become a governor? Making promises and generally not following through on them. So why she annoyed me so much. She made all this stuff about we brought Boeing and Mercedes to South Carolina. And I we made I made that happen and no I, I just said wait a second. Wait, wait, wait a second. No, I I don't think she made that happen. <laughs> In fact, I know that. No, that doesn't no, that doesn't add up. And I looked it up and you know what? It didn't add up. All that stuff was arranged way before she became governor. BMW has been there since the 1990s. Now Boeing said in 2009, she became governor in 2011. 2009, they signed all the contracts. They were going to build their 787 Dreamliner. And there was something about her. It just really, it got me. It got me because so many folks out there. Oh, wow. You know, you, wow. And did you know her parents are from India? I don't care. I. I mean, I might find it somewhat intriguing, but she brings it up all the time. You may remember, I actually a- asked Dinesh D'Souza to bring it up. I said, Dinesh, where were you born, by the way? This is after a 20-minute talk about, was it 2000, 2000 Mules? Great movie, by the way. And I just was curious, and I wanted to know a little bit more about him. And I do think it's kind of fabulous that the some of the stars of the MAGA movement Happen to be people of color. Yeah, I think that's kind of, kind of great because it's so counterintuitive to the left. They they think we're what? What did I hear? How are they criticizing me this morning? Oh yeah, I'm a cisgender, hetero, privileged individual. Cisgender, cisgender. That means uh, that means I'm a boy and I like girls and I'm definitely a boy. That's what that means. Cisgender. That means you're behaving the way you were designed to behave. Anyway. With Nikki, it's all her brand. It's all this. It's all, you know, Ma, she's bragging about it, quite frankly, and I don't think it's anything to brag about. I don't care. You had nothing to do with it. You had nothing to do with where your parents decide, right? And uh, so I think she's going to fall flat on her face. She ought to get out of the way, and people are going to start tuning in. Yeah, there's something. It doesn't sit well. Loyalty means something in the real world. It doesn't mean much in politics, apparently. Ted Cruz who's a super brilliant guy but he he can't help himself way too much ambition what's the rush ted i think ted is still in his 40s he's like 40 something years old desperate to be president ted america's just not that into you it's just you know it's just not going to happen uh, maybe in 10 years maybe in 15 years maybe in 20 years maybe in 25 years he was on stage and you know what he did? He bragged now you could say, "Well, Donald Trump brags all the time, actually he doesn't and there's a there's a totally different approach i Let's say for the sake of conversation that Donald Trump brags a lot. I'll give you that, but there's there's this key difference when Ted Cruz brags he brags. I wrote a letter saying that I was not in support of that and I wrote a letter, and I had a meeting with him, and I told him that I think this is a bad idea. So he's interested. I don't know any of this stuff about Ted Cruz. You know, and he's telling me what he did, most of it to no consequence, and sometimes taking credit where he doesn't deserve credit. He He implied that he was the guy who talked Trump into moving the capital of Israel from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem, or at least the U.S. Embassy in Israel. From Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. Now, I remember him saying that during the campaign. And Ted Cruz was his bitter enemy during the campaign. Remember? Lying Ted. He's a, he holds up the Bible and he lies. He lies. And Ted Cruz was equally as vicious to Donald Trump. These guys were not having meetings then, but there he is, Ted Cruz being a career politician, pretending to take credit for something he had nothing to do with. Who else took the stage that really turned me off? Again, another career politician, Chris Christie. Um, Chris Christie gets up there, two tons of not much fun. Sorry, but you got to take care of that. You got to fit. It's just a bad example. You can't be president. You can't. You can't. You can't when you look like that. I mean, I know. I know we had a three hundred pound president before. His name was Taft, but that was well before we knew better. Okay. So he's up there, and he says that the Republican Party has a choice right now. And then he says it's like 1962. And in 1962, the Republican Party had a choice. You could either be with the John Birch Society, or you could be with Ronald Reagan and William F. Buckley. Now, the John Birch Society was this horrible, bigoted, nasty, crazy, lunatic group that got a little bit too big (laughs) for comfort. And he's trying to say, at this moment, we have to decide between Trump and the future, or between Trump and good. In other words, between good and evil. He put us in the John Birch society, us, MAGA, Trump fans. You know, you might as well have just called us deplorables, uh, Chris Christie. And it was a career politician move. And, of course, I did this and I did that and I did this and I did that. Oh, which brings me back to Trump. When you look at his early speeches during the campaign of 2015 and 2016, it was about us. It was about where we are as a country. It was a stinging, biting, yet totally powerful critique of, of the incumbent administration. And then he told us a little bit about some of the stuff he did, which it resonates like, a million times more than when some fake, cheap career politician gets up there and brag about what they did, brags about what they did. Because we know what Donald Trump did. He's just reminding us. When he says, I've hired thousands of people, I've created jobs. How many jobs did Ted Cruz ever create? What did he do? Hire a couple of uh, legislative aides, an intern or two? He's not a job creator. Neither is Nikki Haley or Chris Christie or any of these guys. I and When Trump talks about, I created that, and we can see the buildings he built. We can see it. It's right there before our eyes. Remember, non-politician. He's a non-politician. I just had a, a very interesting reminder about why we don't like politics as usual. Then uh, Paul Ryan got up and said, well, we lose with Trump. We always lose with Trump. Paul Ryan, ex-Speaker of the House. You know what he does for a living? Ex-Speaker of the House. That's his job, ex-Speaker of the House. And you can make millions upon millions upon millions, hundreds of millions of dollars doing that. you got to look at it. He, he was interviewed in some palace, literally in a palace. To badmouth Trump. Then I heard on another channel yesterday, he's being interviewed uh, on Meet the Press. Oh, actually, it was the same show earlier they had his former chief of staff. And he said, yep, yeah, the speaker and I had a real hard time reigning in Republicans, but we did. We reined them in and told them, you can't criticize Robert Mueller and the Russia probe. You've got to let him do his work. He's got to do it. This is important. Are you serious? You can't criticize Bob Mueller? That's the kind of stuff that you guys were worried about? <laughs> wow. I knew, the, I knew the swamp was out to get him. I knew Democrats were out to get him but and i guess i knew it but now it really hit home that one of the most powerful republicans in america was out to get trump well we got to let this special prosecutor do his ba- russia collusion and they knew right away right away that it was fake so um now more than ever it's trump it's trump it's trump it's trump, it's trump. um And the left does not get to assign my loyalties or, oh, try to make me tired of something. They set out to sabotage Trump. I won't let them do it again. So I'm with him. I hope you are too. And I'll be right back.
0: This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system.
3: Greg Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The president's words and actions in and around January 6th were reckless. Uh, the tweet that he issued the day that I uh, was in the loading dock before the, below the United States Senate um, endangered my family and endangered people that were in the Capitol um, and was indefensible.
2: Oh, you get the hell over yourself. It was indefensible. No, your book is indefensible. You're done. Mike Pence is finished. In national politics, I suppose he could get Indiana possibly to elect him to something. Yeah, I see he's embraced by the fake news. There he is. He was on two morning shows yesterday. He was on Meet the Press, and uh, what did what did Rush call Face the Nation to Face the Nation? (laughs) Just uh, saying the same crap. I've already heard it for two years. Nothing new in this book apparently, which I did buy and I'm going through it. Um, You know, Donald Trump said we were let down by Mike Pence. You're allowed to say that in America, pal. You are. You got to start talking to the Capitol Police. Why do they let all those people in? Hmm? You didn't even raise the question. You just went, you went with the all in, all in, Mike Pence, with the fake news narrative. All in. You're in that loading dock, killing time for 15 minutes. You pretend that you spent uh, six months in Iraq. I We have the pictures of it, buddy. You were not in any danger whatsoever. You weren't. And oh by the way, well, the only person who was in danger, Trump supporter, and the ultimate danger, because she was killed that day. Ashley Babbitt. Ashley Babbitt. And I was outraged, appalled, sickened, actually. The first thing I did when I got Mike Pence's book, I just searched for Ashley Babbitt. I wanna I want to know what you know what he had to say about Ashley Babbitt. He doesn't even mention her name. He doesn't even mention her name. Now I am proud to say that I have a book coming out and so many questions about January 6th have not been answered. But the, but even more disgusting, they have not even been asked. A guy like Pence could get answers, but instead he just turns on the fake news. He let the fake news do his research on this book. So my book comes out January 10th. You can pre order it right now, by the way, because I'm not going to be able to get on all these fake news shows that Mike Pence can. Even aspects of the conservative media might turn their back on me. i got a great publisher, Simon & Schuster, and i got some platforms. But um, I don't think I'm going to be – I don't think Fox News is going to cut me some slack after what I've said. I don't blame them, really, because I have called out their their own bias, and I've done it to probably – and this is one of the reasons why a lot of folks in media don't take on people in the media, because sooner or later they may need the media. I made that calculation a long time ago. All right? Nobody owns me. Nobody, uh-uh. Um, and it's in God's hands. If this book is a hit, fantastic. He's going to take And he wants me to do my part. So yesterday I finished up the audiobook version of Justice for All, How the Woke Left is Wrong About Law Enforcement. And I'm very, very proud of it. And I'm also proud that unlike virtually anybody at Fox News and and vast portions of the conservative media world does not talk, does not even utter her name, Ashley Babbitt. Well, Mike Pence, Ashley Babbitt. Say her name. And let me tell you, this is how it's done. Here I am in the studio. This is yesterday, actually, just wrapping up the book. Uh, Go ahead and hit it, please. Pick up. All right, never mind. We don't have any time. I'll have to do it after the break, I guess. Okay.
3: Greg Kelly on the Red Apple
2: Podcast Network and you're about to listen to the Greg Kelly book the book on tape I actually don't know if this take makes it into the book because I do everything I do it's not like this it's all taped so you do a couple of takes and all right. so uh, Mike Pence won't talk about Ashley Babbitt Fox News won't talk about Ashley Babbitt excuse me um, so many Republicans will not talk about Ashley Babbitt. You know who I think will? Marjorie Taylor Greene. And Marjorie Taylor Greene reportedly has uh, worked it out with Kevin. What's his name again? McCarthy. Is he really going to be the speaker? I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, uh, Mike Pence, this is how it's done. It's your book. You can write these things. Why would you not talk about this woman? You're only talking about yourself. You're so afraid, so into yourself. Like all these other career politicians I saw all weekend long. All weekend long, you guys are the worst. You just are. You're terrible. Some exceptions, but basically you're bad. And you're one of them. So you don't want to talk about Ashley Babbitt. That is your right. It's also our right to turn our back on you. The MAGA movement has no use. You're no good to us because you won't stick up for one of our own. Ashley Babbitt was murdered on television. On television. And we all saw it. All right, so actually what you're about to hear now is kind of what I'm saying now. This is me, book on tape, uh, wrapping up my new book, which is called Justice for All, How the Woke Left is Wrong About Law Enforcement. You can get it wherever books are sold. Uh, you got to order it. It's not actually available till January 10th. Thank you, by the way, WABC, for letting me talk about this book because uh, you'd be surprised where the shadow bans come from. Go ahead. Pick up. And for all the talk about how deadly January 6th was, let's not forget that only one person was killed that day, and she was an unarmed military veteran shot by a cop. To my eye, Ashley Babbitt posed no threat to the safety of Capitol Police Lieutenant Michael Byrd when he fired his pistol into her neck, killing her. Byrd was cleared of wrongdoing by the Justice Department and the Capitol Police though his actions may have gotten him fired and prosecuted in other circumstances or jurisdictions. He was lionized as a hero by the media and the Democrats who decided that in this one instance, it is glorious when unarmed protesters are killed by the police. Uh, uh, you know what? I guess uh, I guess I don't have to throw the clips of myself reading. I could just read the book myself. Right. Fair enough. I don't I don't need anybody to do that. Right? I could just do that myself. I should probably. So, uh, but thank you. Um, And you know what? How dare you, Mike Pence? How dare you? Done. Done. And that goes for a lot of you rhinos. Paul Ryan. Paul Ryan. Uh, What did they put him on? Uh, John Carl. Oh, boy. Just a couple of bros talking. Just a couple of 50-something-year-old bros talking and slamming Trump. That's what they do. Uh, Uh... Do I want to hear from Paul Ryan? No, screw him. Hey, uh, let's hear from a Democrat, Mark Warner. Now, let's see how enthusiastic he is. We have a Democrat actually praising Trump, saying that he was right when everybody else said that Donald Trump was (laughs) – lost his mind when he said, we got to go after TikTok because TikTok is a big problem. Cut 16, please.
0: Let's start with TikTok. Um, You also have concerns about this, and you're also quoted now as saying – As painful as it is for me to say, if Donald Trump was right, we could have taken action then. That would have been a heck of a lot easier than trying to take action in November of 2022. Okay, did Washington simply not listen because they didn't like the messenger then? And what can we do now?
2: Well, I think Donald Trump was right. I mean, TikTok is a enormous threat. All right. Well, that wasn't uh, that wasn't as effusive as I was hoping. Let's go to Hayam is in uh, Baltimore. Hello, sir.
4: Hi, how are you? Good. Um, so first of all I want to um maybe make it feel a little better by quoting a verse from Psalms. Um it's Psalms nineteen. It's beautiful, the
2: Psalms. Go ahead.
4: Lay it on us. It says, um all right. Though the wicked sprout like grass, though all evildoers blossom, it is only that they may be destroyed forever.
2: Wow. Uh that's about them, not us. <laughs> right? I, I do Absolutely. like that, yeah. Uh, that's Psalm 91? 92. 92. Uh, yeah. Is that it? That's a real quick one. It goes on a little bit longer, doesn't it?
4: Yeah, I think there's a lot more to it, but um, that's that just jumps out to me just to see what's going on with the left.
2: Hey, do me a favor. Read that again and then go on a little bit longer.
4: Um, the next verse is, but you are exalted, O Lord, for all time.
2: All right, you're surely doing it. Surely
4: your enemies, O Lord, surely your enemies perish. All evildoers are scattered.
2: Huh. Well, I like it. Look, I don't know what's going on in terms of, you know, God works in mysterious ways, as you know, as I know, as we all know. Um, I, you know, I talked to somebody, a good friend of mine today. He's very close to God, and he said, "I." he knows that God is going to Make Trump president in twenty twenty four. Now look, I hope that happens. I really do. But I I don't know. I mean I just I don't know if it is gonna work that way, and I don't know if I don't know. Do you? I, I hope so. I don't know if we can look to the Bible and find out. Do you think we can, Haim? I think so. All right. Hey, thanks for the call. Hey, real quick, did you did I, I take it I take it you are uh You're you're a member of the Jewish faith. Did you happen to see the event in Las Vegas over the weekend? I did not. So it was the Jewish Leadership Forum in Las Vegas, and all of these Republicans showed up, you know, Mike Pompeo, Chris Christie. I was thoroughly unimpressed with all of them, and I'll have a lot more to say about that. But it's a very influential group, and, of course, our allegiance to Israel is so important, so strong. And have you noticed, Haim? That they're kind of blowing it off. They're 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 giving Israel the shaft again. And by they, I mean the Biden administration, almost as bad as Barack Obama, maybe just as bad.
4: It doesn't surprise me in the slightest.
2: Thank you very much. Psalm ninety two. Everybody uh, sounds like it give us a lot of comfort. Let's go to Ann in New Jersey. Ann, did we lose you? Shucks. I always love hearing from Ann. Let's try Phil in Long Island. Yes, Phil.
5: Hey, Greg, thank you for taking my call. I've been trying to get you for a long time. What's up? Um, um, Kilmeade. What's with the Brian Kilmeade? You need to smack him in the head for me.
2: No, 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 no. We don't talk like that. We don't do those kinds of things. And, oh, by the way, if Kilmeade said something you disagree with, well, that's kind of what talk radio is for, all right? I mean, you know, look. I, I people call and they complain about other hosts. I, I I can't help you in that department. They can say what they say, and there's probably a reason for what they say for why they're saying it. Granted, I had not listened to the Kill Me Show in a very long time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I noticed that uh, they're they're really tough over there, at Fox. Uh, they they're good at ignoring Trump and uh it seems like uh, Rupert Murdoch is writing the talking points these days uh himself, but uh, what are you gonna do okay. i'm not gonna I'm not gonna uh, punch him upside the head or whatever it is you suggested <laughs> i I assume that was a figure of speech Phil
5: yes, it was it just was. out of
2: curiosity what was it that uh what was it that ticked you off
5: it's always it's always a slant against Trump everything you the time to get someone on he he turns it around and slants it against them i can't I mean, you know uh,
2: i just it's it's just in his interest by the way i mean like Trump is not uh, – let's see. Mike Pompeo is probably not going to call up Brian Kilme to shoot the breeze. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's one of the amazing things about Trump. He's incredibly accessible. And you could say, well, he shouldn't be doing that. Actually, he should be. Have you ever seen – they talk about the bubble of the presidency and that the, they're cut off from the people and they lose track of America. The opposite happened to Trump. He totally stayed in touch, in tune with America the entire time. Respectfully, I would say that – uh Kill me needs to focus more on the swamp, all right, and all the forces that tripped him up because they can be unleashed on anyone, okay, and uh, we're going to uh, leave trump to uh, to appeal to them to get on the swamp's good side. Not me, Phil, thank you. Uh, one more Sandra, hey, Sandra, in Jersey, what's going on Oh
6: welcome back to my favorite I can't even talk today. Welcome back to you, my favorite patriot. I wanted to talk about the ballot gathering and the vote harvesting. In my town, it's very, very much to the left. There's someone special hired to work with the senior citizens, someone special with the uh, housing projects, someone special in town hall, and the mayor hires all the people he likes to work on the school board. So my question is, would all this all affects the outcome of the election. Now we used to say election day but you know after covid the people on the left started doing all these different things right so I'm wondering should we be doing these things too or should we hope for one day election day I
2: yeah I'm more of the I want it, I don't want I don't want election season I think it's unconstitutional I don't think it's right I think there's so much opportunity for fraud and abuse, and I hear, I keep hearing that. No, we just got to get better. we got to play their game. I don't know. I First of all, I don't know if we can ever win that game. I don't know. I don't know enough about the subject, quite frankly. Look, I've never run for office. I've never gone out there canvassing. You know, I show up, I vote, I go home. I don't know about all that stuff. I don't. Those who do, like John Fund, who's a great guy, uh, National Review, he wrote a book about this stuff. We had him on the show last week, you may remember, He's totally fantastic. He has grave concerns about it. I think he does say we can never break the law, of course, but we've got to get better at legal vote harvesting. Gosh, it's just in and of itself, it sounds terrible. He explained the situation. Some paid political operative can go around with ballots, with the ballots themselves, and go around just walking up to people and said, hey, you should vote. Let me help you fill this thing out. All right, good, good, good. And then that person can take it to the um, to the voting place. Or not take it, if you know what I mean. Maybe they can lose it. Maybe they can just drop it. I don't like it at all. I don't know what the answer is yet. Uh, I don't. I don't. But thank you. G- great points, as usual. The other thing that, uh, oh, th- did you see my Twitter game over the weekend? At Greg Kelly USA. Uh, this special counsel. Bad. Really, really bad. His name is Jack Smith. Number one, he's, I think he's got a God complex. Now, anybody who goes off to the war crimes tribunal to uh, prosecute war crimes, which, by the way, sounds fantastic. It sounds great. Go after the war criminals. But what do you know? It's rife with politics. They play all kinds of games. And for all the talk about prosecuting war criminals, they don't do all that much of it. They haven't had a conviction in like four years. And this guy, Jack Smith, is just anonymous enough that I think they can get him to do whatever they want. Independent counsel. As appointed by the Attorney General, of course, he's got a boss. It's called the Attorney General. This independent counsel takes somebody from another just walk of life. I don't like Jack Smith. I uh, well, quite frankly, anybody who puts on a purple robe like that It does look something Dungeons and Dragons. It's just weird. He's not a judge. He's a prosecutor. And he just applied for that job. It's not like he was appointed. Running around pretending he's that one of the council members from Superman. What else is weird about this guy? Oh, he prosecuted, I believe he prosecuted Governor McConnell. Remember Governor McConnell of Virginia? I mean, they hassled that guy for just just being a governor, quite frankly, for being a Republican governor. He had a friend, um, gave him access to some flashy trinkets. This is one of the reasons to not go into politics, I guess, by the way, because you've got to raise money. These people call you up for favors or just to say hello. What are you going to do? You gave me money. I can't talk to you. This is America. I mean, that's the way it works. I'm sorry. I wish it didn't. But what do they say? Democracy is the worst system in the world, except for all the others. Anyway, he gets McConnell convicted. And that conviction is overturned on appeal by the United States Supreme Court. Eight to zero. Eight votes to zero. I don't know what happened to the ninth vote, but eight to zero. Talk about a sham case, huh? Uh, This guy is dangerous. And he's also talking about going after people on January 6th who just perhaps objected to the electoral counting. What you're allowed to do under the law, you're allowed to do it. Jamie Raskin tried it in January of uh, 2017. Real bad stuff, folks. Just terrible. But they're still playing these silly TV shows all the time. Cut 23, please. Cut 23. New details from those who were there.
0: President Trump said, come to D.C. It's going to be wild. He was anointed by
1: God. Donald Trump. Yeah. Oh, my God. What is happening? CNN special
2: report. Assault on democracy. The roots of Trump's insurrection. June 20th at 9. Wow. It's all fake news, of course. The results of Trump ins... Oh, jeez. Wow. All over the top. Get over yourselves, people. Hey, did we do this on Friday? I don't remember. Uh... The whole situation with that Paul Pelosi stuff is not over. Hey, did you see our friend Sean Farish? He does a great Trump impression, a thousand times better than mine. But he goes through it on Twitter. He's like, okay, I'm back on Twitter. I got to tweet something. Let's make it a good one. Let's see here. Nancy Pelosi, her husband Paul, we all saw him in his underwear, and that was not good. No, I can't say that. I don't want to be kicked off right away. Uh, let's see. What else could I say? I could say... Uh, I could say Rosie O'Donnell is an ugly animal inside and out. No, that's too bad. That's mean. I can't do that. How about this? Kofifi, I'm back, you SOBs. Anyway, it's great. He's, he has access to Twitter. He has not yet tweeted. Uh, is he going to? I have a feeling it's all a little bit complicated by the situation with Truth Social. You know, he's got that other social media company. Um, he does follow Trump's account. This is all the way back in January of when he got. When did he get kicked off? January of twenty one. Two of the people he uh, follows on Twitter. He only follows ten people on Twitter. Two of them I work right next door to, Greta Van Sustern and uh, Eric Bowling. Uh, he follows him on Twitter. I think I might be joining that list very soon, and I'll be right back.
1: This episode is supported by FX's Clipped.
2: on the red apple podcast network the election situation got me fairly depressed actually for a couple of days uh, I'm i'm out of it now one of the reasons why i was depressed is because look i know i can take eric adams in an up or down vote you know mano a mano whatever i could take that guy absolutely i can speak to new york i understand new york better than this guy quite frankly i have uh I have the intellect that he lacks. I have the endurance. I have the work ethic. I have, you name it, I've got it. He doesn't. But I don't have the machine. I don't have uh, the unions. I don't have, uh, they can like, just snap their fingers and make 100,000 votes appear, like, in an hour if they're short. Al Sharpton, of all people. Formerly fat, now Skinny. Now rides around. He used to be on the bus. Now he's on a uh, private jet out of Teterboro. Did you see that over the weekend? But uh, here's Al Sharpton. I want to see what he says here, if this is pro or anti or what the hell's going on. Al Sharpton, cut five.
1: I saw the same distortions made on David Dinkins when he was the mayor of New York, the first black mayor. And I'm seeing the same trend. In the media and among some who called themselves progressives that attacked Dinkins with misinformation, that are attacking this mayor. And we went for it, some of us in the black community. We went for it, saying Dave Dinkins played tennis too much, like there's something wrong with staying in shape, or that he shouldn't have had on tuxedos like he's supposed to go to a formal affair in blue jeans. And we inadvertently, in our passion, beat him down to where the results was we got Rudy Giuliani.
2: Who helped save this city, by the way? Look, David Dinkins did get a bum rap on multiple fronts. And David Dinkins, by the way, compared to Eric Adams, David Dinkins was MAGA. Okay, MAGA. You know what David Dinkins talked about? In addition to hiring 5,000 new cops and revolutionizing policing in part by authorizing Ray Kelly to do his job. Um, He wanted to increase the capacity at Rikers Island, increase the capacity. Uh, Eric Adams, if he can actually find Rikers Island, I'd love to know if he could actually find Rikers Island, if he could actually drive himself, get himself to Rikers Island. He wants to close it, just thoughtlessly, and actually not too thoughtlessly because the Democrats have all kinds of Monetary interests in Rikers Island. They want to turn that thing into a casino. They want this. They want that. Eric Adams, you know, it's one thing to, uh, now times have changed. Times have changed. We can all see that this guy is not serious. You know, one thing they would not say about David, he was a serious guy, David Dickens. You know, he really was dignified. Eric is a goofball. Eric is an entire goofball. Remember the time uh, people were smoking pot within 10 feet of his press conference? And he was like, it was like Beavis and Butthead. He he was Beavis and, you know, <laughs> someone's smoking weed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, cool. I mean, that's the mayor of the big, no. And by the way, David Dinkins, when he became mayor, you know what he was? He was the borough president of Manhattan. Now, that actually meant something back then. It was a very powerful, significant position that people of quality wanted. You got to be a member of something called the Board of Estimate, and you basically had veto power over everything in the city. What does a borough president have now? Uh, It's like a glorified, uh, what is it? It's like a glee club. You get to show up at things and (laughs) claim credit for things you had nothing to do with. It's a scam, a total scam. But... uh, I'm feeling better about running for mayor myself, so I'm not ruling it out. Last week, it seemed like it was done. It's not. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Yeah, I got to give my friend Carrie Lake a call in Arizona. She is not out of this thing. Uh, She, I cannot, cannot accept that Katie Hobbs, who spent her time, a la Joe Biden, all in the basement, hiding, hiding, uh, beat, legitimately beat Carrie Lake. I don't believe it. You might even call me an election denier. What the hell? I don't care. You know, it's okay. It's okay. If if somebody cheats in, a, an, on an, in an election and you have suspicions of that, you're allowed to say those kinds of things. I think election denier, obviously, that's supposed to be the worst thing in the world, except when Hakeem Jeffries does it. Hakeem Jeffries, everybody's all excited about Hakeem. Who's Hakeem Jeffries? He's one of the many bitter, frustrated politicians um in this city. They're all bitter and frustrated, by the way. You know, they they they, they just work it, work it, work it, run all, all around, and then they go to a restaurant and nobody knows who they are. They can't stand that. Most of these people went in it for the wrong reasons. It's like a shortcut to uh, fame and celebrity. You know, they can't make it in Hollywood so that they're going to. uh, And most of them are frustrated because nobody knows. But how do you get people to know you? You get on those crazy committees, right? You you start impeaching Trump. Uh, I don't even think they would let Hakeem into some of those committees for whatever reason. Maybe he was too junior. uh, I don't know. But he was not uh, all that recognizable. Now it looks like he might be the new minority leader of Congress, and if they should ever, ever get enough Democrats again, and who knows what, who knows when that'll be, considering all the election nearing stuff, uh, he could be Speaker someday. But he denied the election, the 2016 election. He said that Donald Trump was a Russian asset and a spy. Said awful, awful things. Of course, he shows up on CNN with Jake Tapper, and it's a oh, hello, uh, Mr. Hakim. Uh, well, well, tell us about your priorities. It doesn't ask him anything about this stuff. A lot of folks in the conservative world notice that because this guy on Twitter, he's a you know, he's a big mouth on Twitter. So am I, by the way. That's fine, and I own my tweets. I own them, and I can defend each and every one of them pretty much. <laughs> oh look we all delete something uh sooner or later but whatever uh it's okay and uh you got to be held to account i expect it i expect that someday i'm going to be in some situation and somebody you tweeted this on june 14th what do you how do, How could you have said that it's like yeah i said that and here's why or yeah maybe i shouldn't have said that or i don't know depends what what tweet they find but hakeem jeffries said out loud that uh what do they say here? He can't be president. He's an illegitimate president. Russia, they're the real winners here. Just terrible things. Now, you think about if we say anything about Joe Biden, they'll, t- they'll tell the FBI. They will tell the FBI. The FBI has turned into a kind of a, a very silly Democrat tool. Not silly, actually. A dangerous Democrat tool. They are the political muscle of the Democrat Party. And that's something we uh, we need to tackle. This Congress does while we have power, you know. I heard once, you know, when you have a cannon, you got to fire it, okay, every now and then. And we gotta we gotta unleash. We gotta now. That's an analogy, everybody. I'm not uh, advocating violence. Oh my goodness gracious! You know, CNN once said uh, they ran a clip of me saying, "You know, we got to fight for Trump." They're like, look at this. Greg Kelly is advocating violence and l- literally tried to have... Have me pulled off the air. They had congressional hearings about this crap. They tried to demonize perfectly legit, illegalize perfectly legitimate um, uh, political speech. All right, so let me see here. uh Oh, yeah, back to Arizona. This is not over. This is not over. Maricopa County again, totally screwed up, just like Carrie Lake, quite frankly, told us it would be screwed up. So here's what we think happened. Early voting was dominated by the Democrats. Uh, And they knew they were doing really well in early voting. And traditionally, Republicans vote on Election Day. So Katie Hobbs and other Democrats, Katie Hobbs is the Secretary of State of Arizona, candidate for governor, in charge of the elections. It looks like she may have made sure that a lot of the machines didn't work, that there were uh, all kinds of problems, that the lines were very long, so long, in fact, that people didn't want or could not stay online. And so they walked away. So many stories like this. So let's see here. This is Maricopa County is having a uh, like a public forum, you know, open mic night, if you will. And this guy, this ordinary looking guy, comes forward and he's actually. I think it's fair for me to say he's not the most impressive specimen I've ever seen. Um, got a couple of weird things going on. He's um, first he says he's ha- it sounds like he has a British accent, but. Well, he's a white guy, and he's got dreadlocks. You don't see that every day. But listen to this man speak. Wow. He gets up there, confronts the Maricopa County, Arizona commissioners regarding this election. Hit it, please.
4: Good morning. Once again, the eyes of the world are upon Maricopa County for another botched election. Am I here to accuse you of stealing the vote? Heavens no, for that would make me a terrorist, wouldn't it? Let me ask you, if you took your life savings to a bank and the teller put them in a machine and the machine kicked out one out of four of your bills and the teller said, don't worry, we'll put them in box three over here and we'll let you know how many were in there later, We'll send him off to a separate location, and someone will be sure to get back to you and tell you how much money you have. Would you be okay with that? No, you would not be okay with that. Now ask yourself the question, which is more valuable, your vote or your money? Now ask a lobbyist That same question. Now ask a campaign manager that question. Now ask Mark Zuckerberg that question, which is more valuable, your money or your vote or your country or this world or the corruption that is taking over every single county in this nation? And then you look into your own soul, and you look back at yourself in the mirror and realize that you are the cancer that is tearing this nation
1: apart. Good day.
2: Oh, wow. This is a guy named Matt Baker. Matt Baker. Who is he? According to Twitter, Matt Baker is at our service. He is a freedom fighter and owner of... Slave to Liberty Clothing Company, fighting medical mandates and technocratic tyranny. Ah, uh, wow. You just never know, huh? There he is with all of his dreadlocks or whatever. James Woods made this guy, helped make this guy famous. James Woods, the actor, he put out an interesting message. He put it out in an interesting way. I like James Woods a lot. He is a superstar, great actor, by the way. Remember there was a period, like, it seemed like 15-year period where James Woods was like in every single movie. He was everywhere, and then guess what? They found out he was a conservative, and they had a bit of a beef with that. Saw him interviewed once. He spoke about his brother very, very warmly. He was his, he lost his brother, and gosh, they they seemed like they were really close. I think one of them, either James Ro, James Woods, or his brother, went to MIT. One or the other. But what are you going to do? Uh, how did he put it? He said. Uh, I am ashamed to say if I would not. I am ashamed to say I would not give this fellow a second thought if I passed him in the street. Having watched the speech, however, I am now in awe of his eloquence and patriotism. Maricopa County is the new Zimbabwe. All right, so what is going on there? Carrie Lake has not conceded, nor should she. This is a very close election. It's not determined yet. And they tried to say horrible things about her, by the way, in the final hours just before they declared uh, Katie Hobbs the one that there would be violence, that there would be violence, that supporters of Carrie Lake would take to the streets and perform acts of violence. No, 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 that did not happen, did it? They're always saying those horrible things, those horrible things about us. And meanwhile, they just go out and do it. They just go out and do it. And it's glorified and sanctified. Speaking of which, that gets me back to DeSantis. Well, DeSantis, again, like the rest of these guys, career politician. I would love to see DeSantis president someday. 2028, 2032, 2036, 2040, 2044, 2048. Seems like a long time from now. It's not. Well, it is. (laughs) I take that back. But. In 2048, I think uh, Ron DeSantis is going to be like 10 years younger than Trump is today. So hold your horses, Ron, in my opinion. Trump did make you. One of the reasons why these people are like, yeah, of course we're running for president. What, loyalty? It's politics. There's no loyalty in politics. Well, I guess not. But there's loyalty in life, and we notice these things. And it's true. I showed it. I presented it on my Newsmax show. He went from nobody ever heard of him, zero in the polls, to... Republican nominee for governor because Donald Trump helped him get there. Donald Trump gave him a ringing endorsement. And in the matter of days, he went from zero to hero. First place. And not only that, his entire act is copied as a copy of Trump and his whole agenda, too. It was actually a little it was a little embarrassing. He had a he had his kids in the campaign commercial and. They're wearing Trump shirts and they're building a wall like they're building a wall with the kids with their blocks. It was a little much. But whatever, I like him a lot and uh, he's very bright, but he's got he's a little bit too high on his own supply. And there's also this. Oh, he said over the weekend that, you know, in what in Florida, we didn't stand for Black Lives Matter. We didn't other cities, let their states burn to the ground. We didn't do that in Florida. Well, in about eight seconds, I found all kinds of (laughs) that's not true. BLM had at it like they did everywhere else. Everywhere else. I saw it in Orlando. I saw it in Miami. I saw it in Jacksonville. A a little bit of politician double talk, real fast speak, implied that he deployed the National Guard. It sounded more like he authorized the National Guard or activated them and let them stay on the base. I don't think they actually took to the streets. Anyway, I'm over them. What can we do to help Carrie Lake? Let's get her, let's, there's no one's helping her. Nobody in the media, but the national Republicans, they want nothing to do with this. They're so swampy. And they're afraid of her, by the way. Because if she becomes the next governor of Arizona, guess what? She becomes a national force. She becomes very likely the next vice presidential nominee to donald trump she becomes a future president by the way she's a future president whether or not she wins this time around she's really she's really hot stuff so she's not my sense is she's getting help from nobody and at times like this i feel i feel i don't want to say impotent never want to say impotent but what can i do how can i help how can we help tony in clifton new jersey hello
6: so, so many things I want to say to you, but I have to listen to the Lord, and he gave me a word from the Bible, so can I read it? Sure. So Joshua, after Moses died, was perplexed, and he said, Joshua, this is Joshua 1, I promise you what I promised Moses, Whatever, wherever you set your foot, you will be on the land I have given you. Be strong, be very courageous, for you are the one who will lead the people to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors. So the gist of it is, is that as I've seen President Trump walk all over the country, and as I've seen you, you know, talk about all the leaders, I don't know who this word is for, but I ask the same questions, and this is the scripture I came up with, which is amazing. So the land is going to be possessed. And I believe the last thing he says is just be careful to obey all the instructions I gave to Moses and stay close to him. And I I believe this is true. There's so much negative. So every day, stay in the word. I'm praying for Carrie Lake, for you, for President Trump, because I believe that we are going to take possession of the land. And that's, that's the of the spiritual
2: of it very beautiful very beautiful indeed uh can i just ask you very quickly um what is your daily approach to the bible how do you what do you do what's your method what do you do
6: i read um our daily bread which is dot com and it gets sent to me every day
2: all right dailybread.com check it out tony thank you thank you thank you to be continued we'll be right back
1: Greg Kelly on
4: the Red Apple Podcast
2: Network. Hey, what the hell is going on at Disney? Disney and company. Um, the CEO just quit. I think they asked him to quit. In other words, he was fired. His name is Bob Chapek, and they're bringing back Bob Iger, I-G-E-R. I met Bob Iger once at a party I went right up to him and I asked him uh, for directions or I, I didn't even know it was Bob Iger, in part because he was wearing eyeglasses. He's one of these guys who refuses to ever let himself be photographed wearing eyeglasses, but he always wears eyeglasses. And so he just looks totally different when you see him in person. And uh, I think he I don't know for sure. I mean, there are you there are executives out there who just look so damn good. You know, they look great in a suit. And they're like, this guy must have all kinds of amazing ideas. And, look, he's got to have some talent. But I do think that he probably got by. He's a pretty boy. Eh, I sound kind of mean, don't I? That sounds a little bit uh, petty and resentful on my part. Uh, He's from Oceanside, Long Island. We like that about him. Let's see. He went to Ithaca College. I kind of like that about him, too. No, he's not a Cornell snob. Uh, what else? Uh, and it looks like he paid his dues or whatever, but look, he's Hollywood. He's woke. He's liberal. He does have the coolest clothes in the world. He's everything's Tom Ford head to toe, Tom Ford. And he married that woman named Willow Bay. Remember her in the eighties? She did the Estee Lauder ads. She was everywhere. And, uh, she was on CNN for a while and she went to the Wharton school. And, uh, now, um, Now, who knows? What do I care? I don't go to Disney. I don't go to uh, the theme parks anymore. I will say this. I want to know how he feels about the whole don't say gay debacle. Uh, This is where Chapek, I can't tell. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not on the inside there. I did have a friend who was on the inside. No longer works there, though. Here's the deal. Uh, The don't say gay thing, that was a, what an atrocity. That whole campaign. Everybody lied about the law in Florida. They falsely called it the "Don't Say Gay" bill. Turned out, it just said that uh, teachers should not be having discussions about sexuality with students prior to the like sixth grade. It really wasn't that bad. It was it was very understandable, very very practical. Remember, they boycotted. They were they boycotted Florida. This country is so weird in so many ways. We got to revisit. Everyone's talking about the. Soccer game in qatar i 've actually been to Qatar um, i don 't remember I was in a very rural part, like the desert part. I barely'm um, trying to think if I actually set foot on Qatar. I flew over it a lot, but anyway they don 't have any alcohol they don 't have any booze they don 't have a, but you know they do have plenty of that in the Persian Gulf. They all go to Bahrain to party party you can you can get anything you want in Bahrain and you can get a hell of what you want in the United Arab Emirates. They're not as pious as uh, they might have you believe. Anyway, uh that reminds me of the hideous time that Major League Baseball moved the All-Star game. How about that one? I'll be back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. All right, so has uh, has Trump tweeted yet? He's back on Twitter. What's going on? I uh, look, I love So far, I I think Elon Musk is great. Uh, It sounds like that company was totally bloated. I mean, how many people does it take to run a website? I don't know. I don't know. Is it all that sophisticated? It was, oh, by the way, more sophisticated than it is now because they would be somehow shadow banning people like me. They had special algorithms or people. I guess some of the people would, would find ways to limit my content. And since he's been back... My content has been proliferating on Twitter. It's funny, funny. Over the weekend, I made fun of, who the hell did I make fun of? Jack Smith, the new prosecutor, the new special prosecutor. Because he's a weird-looking guy, I think also weird-looking. Sure, what the hell? I said it. I don't care. It's okay. It's not even unchristian of me. He's wearing a purple robe. He's wearing a purple judicial robe. Who the hell is this guy? Who made him uh, exemplar knight? The fifth I, This is a Freemason. This guy does not. He's a civil servant and he's wearing these crazy robes and he's over there calling himself a war crime prosecutor and he's not prosecuting war crimes. You know what they say about these prosecutors? Uh, they're like hammers. And when you're a hammer, everything looks like a nail. So there's nothing independent about this situation. Anyway, I gave him a hard time. And then Twitter comes up and says, uh, your contact, your comments are out of context. And then they put up a, you know, a, an explanation of what these robes are all about, and you know, there's still some woke idiots working at Twitter. And I was like, "You stay the hell out of it." I'm allowed to say these things, okay? This is not disinformation. You know, they go after—I'm not saying I'm a comedian, but you know—they go after those. You know, they love to go after the cartoonists. That's what authoritarian regimes do. They say this is this is not true. You are you are you are taking liberties with the truth. It's called a little bit of satire. It might be called exaggeration. It might be called hyperbole. It might be called funny. Whatever. Freedom of speech. So I put this tweet up. What did I say? Hey, Jack Smith, the new special counsel looking into Trump. I think someone should look into Jack Smith. Who the hell is this guy? What's up with the purple thing? He's too young and too unknown. He's going to try to make a name for himself by catching a big fish. Stay in Sweden. That was my tweet. And by the way, this is a work of art, and everything in here I stand by, including and especially the part about Sweden. And I know that Sweden's not Netherlands, but this is one of the things you do. Yes, it gains a little bit of traction. I'm not out there to inform people where the Hague is. That's not my job. But I think somebody should look into Jack Smith, and he is too young and too unknown. You want somebody of great stature. Somebody who has already made their name and preferably already made their money. Somebody who does not have to worry about what the hell Merrick Garland or ABC News thinks of him. And when you're Jack Smith, no disrespect, but you're a nobody in America, all right, in terms of the big leagues, in terms of this kind of stuff. I can see you and anybody else can see you desperately cultivating a favor Currying favor with the establishment. That's what he wants. And that's why I say he's too young and too unknown for the job. You go back to uh, Watergate. Who were their special prosecutors? These were older men, 20 years older than this guy. Because, you know, when you're, fi- I think he's only 52 years old, 53 years old. He's got decades of working life left. He's got to get people to hire him. He's a lawyer, he works in the swamp. He needs their favor. And how do you think he's just going to, oh, I didn't see any crime here. He, he'll never be able to get up. That, that's not an option here. So back during Watergate, who did we have? We had Archibald Cox. He was a special prosecutor. He was a lefty lunatic. He wasn't independent. But you know what? At least it appeared as though maybe, maybe this guy didn't care what people thought about him because he was already famous, already had his money, already made his reputation. Same goes for, what was the other guy's name? Leon Jaworski. He also was a big fish in uh, legal circles. Uh, But no, we went with Jack Smith. And nobody knows who he is. Anyway, so I say this, I make fun of him, and then they put up a big editorial note on my tweet. Jack Smith is shown here in his judicial robes from the International Criminal Court at The Hague where he prosecuted war crimes. Not really, but okay. Okay. He has most recently been part of the public corruption department at the Justice Department investigating public figures on corruption allegations. Actually that's not true either. <laughs> his last assignment with the his last assignment with the DOJ was, I believe, as the acting U.S. attorney in Tennessee. Before that he was on the public integrity squad. Whatever. Stay the hell out of it, Twitter. That's my point. So what did I do? I went nuclear. I can't stand it. I can't stand it when you guys mess with me like this, big tech. I said, hey, Twitter, if I want to make fun of an unelected government prosecutor appointed to further a politically motivated harassment campaign against Trump, then Twitter should be a place for that without a fact check. From the regime's preferred media outlet. Stay out of it. Oh, I didn't mention it because they put a big link, a big fat link to a dopey story written in the New York Times about Jack Smith. As if this is this is the gospel. This is what the New York Times says. No, it doesn't. And no, it ain't. Wow. They tried that with me on Instagram, too. They won't do it again, I don't think. Then again, they could suspend me. (laughs) uh, But they tried to fact-check me. I made fun of uh, de Blasio. Remember when de Blasio turned off the lights or allowed the lights to be turned off on 9-11 during COVID? We can't have the Tribute and Lights because of uh, the September 11th attacks. I mean, uh, because of COVID. The Tribute and Light, beautiful thing. Been doing it since 2002 at least. Those beams of blue light helps us remember what happened on nine eleven and those we lost. Well, they were going to cancel it on September 11th of 2020. Because de Blasio was high on his own supply and uh, really wanted the power. And, and uh, I pointed this out. There was a really clever meme. It said, according to de Blasio, this is okay, but this is not. And the this is okay part showed de Blasio and a bunch of woke radical jerks Painting Black Lives Matter in front of Trump Tower on September 5th, 2020. And then the next thing you see, the big, beautiful blue tribute and lights. That's not OK. It's OK during a pandemic for um, de Blasio to hang out with a bunch of mm, weirdos in front of Trump Tower defacing Fifth Avenue. But it wasn't OK for us to see blue lights from miles away. And I. I thought this was funny, and I put it up. It was not only funny, it was interesting and insightful. And they're like, they took it off. They banned it. They banned it. They suspended that, that tweet. They said, false information. Bill de Blasio had nothing to do with the decision to cancel the Tribute in Lights. Well, actually, he did. He had a lot to do with it. But let's take it for a moment. Let's take your word for it, that it wasn't technically his call. What we do know is that he did not use the status, the power, and the prestige of City Hall to do anything about it. A mayor could have kept those lights on, but he chose not to at a critical time. Ultimately, I think they were – can't remember now. You can't – that's a viewpoint. I'm allowed to think things. So are you. Even Barack <sighs> – especially Barack Obama. Anyway, enough of that stuff for now. Twitter is uh, is is back. It's getting better. Will Trump tweet on it? I don't know. But there's this really funny guy. His name is Sean Farish. He's from Long Island. I did a podcast interview with him, and I had him on the Newsmax show. He does the best Trump impression in the world. And you're going to hear him do his impression. But you got to – he's going to be – you'll see. You can't hear it, obviously, but – He's formulating tweets. The whole idea is, okay, I'm back on Twitter. What should I tweet first? And you see him typing up various tweets. You can see it on the screen behind him. And it's very funny. So he's trying out potential tweets, and then he finally settles on one. Hit it, please.
5: Okay, it's good to be back. Let's see what we're going to do. First tweet, at Speaker Pelosi. You're fired. P.S. Tell Paul he doesn't look good in his underwear. We saw the body cam. It's a horrible thing. We don't want to get suspended off the bat. At Rosie O'Donnell, you're still a disgusting animal, both inside and out. It's true. Now, let's not waste a good one. At Sed Warren, I am more Indian than you. Hashtag Pocahontas. No, wait. No, wait. I got it. I got it. Kofifi, I'm back, bitches.
2: (laughs) Great stuff. Sean Farish, we got to have him back on the show. An amazing guy, such a good impression. And you know, we can make, we can, uh, we can do the impression. That's an impression that is celebratory of Trump. It doesn't denigrate him. The thing about Sean Farish's impression, and to a far lesser extent mine, we don't play Trump stupid. We play him smart because he is smart. He's a, he's a genius. Robin, uh, somewhere in New York. Hello.
3: Hey, Corey, How you doing? Good. Just driving down, no, I'm looking for a place to park. Um, first of all, simplify. Simplify. Um, simplify. Simplify, my friend.
2: Good um, stuff. Fire away. What's on your mind?
3: Uh, you should run for um, governor. Uh, run, run for mayor instead of governor.
2: Well, I've never been talking about. That's what i That's what I've been talking about. Running for mayor.
3: Uh, no governor. I'm saying.
2: Wait, you say run for governor, not mayor? Exactly. Uh or does both,
4: that, or, either, either or, or both or both vote. run yeah. for
2: everything I'll run for mayor and then over uh what makes you think governor
3: you uh, you'll 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 do a damn good job up there
2: okay uh it's in four years I gotta wait four years though, and I feel like the city is in a crisis, and it's only three years to wait, and I feel like uh I don't know, I feel New York is calling me more than the governorship. You know, it just it 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 does, and given given the dynamics here, I don't know, I don't know, I wouldn't rule it out, Rob. But thank you, thank you. Drive safely. What'd you do in the Marine Corps?
3: I was I was just in the reserves for for uh, six years. I was just a weekend warrior. Well, that's a big deal. What'd you do? Um, mainly computers and stuff.
2: Okay, yeah. Look, every uh, people don't understand. Not not every job in the military is uh killing Osama bin Laden. There's a lot of stuff to do, and it's all important. Uh, but everybody who wears the uniform goes through, especially the Marine uniform, reserves, active duty, whatever, very, very I was, I was rigorous.
3: Junior, I was in the junior reserves in high school. Then I went in, I was in the regular that for, for six years.
2: All right, good stuff, Rob. I appreciate it. Thank you for the encouragement. Let's do uh, uh, Barbara in Huntington. Hi, Barbara. Hi,
5: Craig. Yes. I heard you talking earlier about Mike Pence, and Mike Pence is becoming more sanctimonious every day. And I was reading what Reverend John Leland, one of our founders, said about people using religion as part of their election persona. He said, guard against men who make great noise about religion. If they knew the nature and worth of religion, they would not debauch it to such shameful purposes as electioneering. It shows that they are void of religion. So there, from one of our founding fathers, a, a, a pastor who was very concerned with religious freedom, but not with using religion as a tool, not with twisting it. Not as putting yourself forward as being very honest and then deceiving people, which I I see Mike Pence has done. And all the while, he's becoming more and more sanctimonious so that he will be a great um, the opposite of Trump. People who think Trump is too brash or too loud or not polite enough. And Mike Pence intends to show us he is just the opposite in spite of his lies and deceit and misleading people.
2: All right. Uh everything tracks with me and it's funny to watch him squirm and couch everything. But Barbara do me a favor. We can still talk about our faith. Give me the give me tell me the difference between somebody like Mike Pence and somebody quite frankly say like myself who I from time to time I do speak about it but um what's the difference as you see it? I I know there is a difference. So but just tell me what you what's the difference?
5: Mike Pence as using religion, and using other people's faith to forward his own ambitions. Humility is a virtue. It is the mother of all virtues. And he's not using that. He pretends to be humble, but he's not. And when he says one thing one week and the next thing says another, or when he says something like, nope, no one person can overturn a presidential election, well, of course not. Trump is not stupid to ask him to do that. Americans are not stupid to expect him to do that, you know, but tell the truth, present yourself honestly. And when you talk about faith, you're talking about your own faith experience and your own struggles and your own progress. And you're sharing that with people. And I hear how people respond, respond to it. And, you know, I'm all about religious freedom. So I love to hear that. And I love to hear people responding and growing and learning from what you have to say.
2: Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much. I, you know, I, 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 am I'm, I'm respectful of people's views and it does come from that. I just want to share it. And look, I was a one lost dude for a long time. And, uh, I wish I had gotten straightened out and gotten right with God much earlier. And, and that's where that's coming from. You know, regarding Pence, um, I hate to say it, well, I hate to say I'm not struggling with it. I mean, you're you're right. He has been deceptive. And that line where he says, not the idea that one man could turn over this election is thoroughly un-American. Again, that's not what it was about. The Electoral Count Act of 1887. We just wanted those electoral votes sent back to the state capitol. They hash it out. They could be sent back. It wasn't up to you, Mike Pence. Don't don't overdo it. And he does overdo it, doesn't he? Well, Barbara, thank you very much does, for the. He
5: does overdo it. He yes, should. certainly. You're welcome. And man. wait, wait,
2: wait, wait. Before you go, who's that founding father who said all that stuff? You said
5: it was an amazing man, Reverend John Leland, and Reverend John Leland was a good friend of our founders. And it was thanks to Reverend John Leland that the Constitution was actually ratified. Oh, my gosh. It's a long story, but this reverend was responsible for that. He enabled that to happen.
2: You're an amazing. You, you are amazing, seriously. What you, have, what you know and, and you've done it all on your own, it's amazing, and I know you're doing great work. To be continued, Barbara, and I'll be right back. Greg
1: Kelly on the Red Apple
2: Podcast Network. I still can't believe that uh, Fetterman is on his way to the U.S. Senate, although it doesn't look like he actually is. Fetterman from Pennsylvania, uh, have you seen the pictures that his wife keeps posting? (laughs) Looks like she's getting very used to the idea that she's going to be the senator. She seems to be uh, in all the pictures. uh, He's like, (laughs) he's behind her. He's looking the other way. She's really into it, checking out the new offices. Uh, I think they're going to make a little bit of a switcheroo here. Then again, I do hear the brain can get better. It can recover from such a thing. I just can't believe this maniac, uh, in terms of his views, I'm sorry, far, far, far left. What's wrong with Pennsylvania? Uh, Well, I can't blame Pennsylvania. Can I? All right, 50 days early voting, that's ludicrous. That is ludicrous. It's 50 days is... It said Jimmy Carter and James Baker said it should be 15 days max because, just like happened, uh, late information could become available that would impact how voters cast their votes. So America is really losing out not having Dr. Roz in the Senate. I look forward to seeing how he's going to contribute because I think he will big time. I've got to get my little uh, – got to get I've got to get across the street. So let's go through these calls real quick. Eric in G- New Jersey, yes.
6: Hey, Greg. Hey, listen. Everyone says Ashley Babbitt was the only person killed on January 6th. And Have you seen the, the videos on, on Roseanne Boylan?
4: No, I know
2: West what York? you mean. The reason why I don't include her on January 6th, is I think she actually died the next day, technically. And I know there's a lot there. I feel for her. I think they've lied about her. Um, but there seems to have been a medical component to her death. Would you agree to that, Eric? I mean, medical as in, well, let's call it a pre-existing condition. No? Okay. I'm asking okay. you. Uh, you know, and by I... the way, wait, 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 whoa, whoa, whoa. Well, you just said everybody says that Ashley Babbitt is the only one they say. They hardly ever mention her name. And for a year and a half, they kept on telling me that 14 cops died on January 6th. Right. They even include these cops, I'm sorry, who committed suicide, which, oh, by the way, we got to talk about that sometime. I just... So I don't think Ashley Babbitt. Let's uh, let's put this in perspective. You would agree with me that Ashley Babbitt has been maligned uh, and, quite frankly, just blown off by the mainstream media, Democrats, and a lot of Republicans too.
6: No investigation that was nothing. You're right.
2: Yeah, but uh, right. Roseanne Boyland is a yes. I have talked about her. I've looked at it. I don't know enough, and it's the details are not as clear cut. The video clearly is not as clear cut. Right. But there's something there as well. And thank you for reminding me, Louise in New Jersey, Louise, Louise. Hi.
6: Number one, I think they should universally have an, an election procedure for all the states the same. Thirty, fifty days. is re- the, the only problem
2: of- with that is uh, the Constitution explicitly says that it's up to each state to figure out how to hold an election.
6: Them. It's Like you said, so many days ahead of time, it's ridiculous. They never even saw the debate, for heaven's sake, in Pennsylvania. That's, yeah. pretty, that's bizarro. Also, um, how come we can't uh, help out this young woman in Arizona? Does she need money? Is this going to be a recall election? Does she need the funds for doing that?
2: That's a great, great question. Uh, I'm reaching out to her. I'm also going to have that guy on, the passionate patriot you heard a little while ago, Mike Baker, made famous on Twitter confronting those officials in Maricopa County. He's going to be on my show tonight. I'm going to get... Uh, I'll see what he has to say. And, uh, Louise, thank you to be continued. I'll see you tonight on the Newsmax show. And remember my book, Greg Kelly, available wherever books are sold. Greg Kelly
3: on the Red Apple
2: Podcast Network.
3: PriorityGoldGuide.com.